Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm Andrew. And this is Josh. It mm. is the week of Friday the 13th to the 19th. <laughs> the week of the return. We finished doing last week's podcast seconds before the news hit that we reopened. Mm-hmm. But it was, I mean, I didn't want to go back and do another podcast. No, no. And the week was so insanely busy. So just when I posted it to social media, I'm like, we don't talk about the news this week. Yeah. We did mention that it was election day and that turned out well too. Everybody, well, I mean, depending on who you are, I guess, but (laughs) yeah, so it's been a pretty good week. It was a crazy week for us just because we found out Tuesday afternoon, we could be reopened on Saturday. Usually like right now is a Monday and we already have all of our bookings for the week ahead. So we have all week to get posters ready and get social media and get the movies delivered. But just that kind of Wednesday to Friday, Lee said some of the distributors weren't even reopened yet. So it was just this jumble of what can we get? What mm-hmm. do we still have in our magic digital projector that was still on hand? I think we had a couple movies in there still. We did it. It's Monday now. We were open on the weekend. But man, it was a hectic week. I did a bunch of interviews and I was so busy elsewhere and I kept on getting emails like, do you want to do a radio interview? Do you want to do a... It's a lot easier nowadays because it was on Zoom. I didn't have to go to a TV station. And, you know, there's always that cliche thing you hear George Clooney or Seth Rogen or whoever talking about where they're like, yeah, I did 75 interviews today. So I had to re-answer. What questions do they ask you? I mean, this time (laughs) I did about half a dozen interviews. This time they were all very positive and nice which was nice because yeah, i'd done some like in the... damn it they woke back up again we have to be nice again <laughs> yeah because there was some in the past during this crazy year where you could see they wanted the negativity they were itching for me to kind of rant about stuff the government <laughs> pretty, pretty much yeah like but this time it was just it was very positive it was like what are you doing this week to get ready and how are your patrons and what have you done to raise money so it's an excuse to talk about all these great fundraising things and all our lovely patrons who have we been... sold our plasma yeah oh my god we would have yeah if we could in canada but yeah so as we speak marnie is playing on our screen and i'll just quickly say what our comeback movies were were marnie and the untouchables as a little sean connery tribute Mm. brand new film called the nest with jude law and carrie coon we brought back el topo which i think screened the night we closed the last movie it was the last movie we screened so we brought that back for a couple nights and return to the living dead so that was our comeback week Return of the Living Dead sold out on Saturday. Saturday night. Nowadays, a sellout means 50 people. 50 people. It, it feels of, weird saying sellout. Still strangely exciting. You know, <laughs> like back in the day, 50 people would have been, oh, that's fine. That's good. You know, but we were getting 200 plus for Parasite or sellouts for Rocky Horror and Saturday Morning Cartoons. Mm-hmm. Now a sellout is 50 people, but it's just that silver lining where you can get them. And so that was a good saturday for us and i think the simple fact that i think everybody bought popcorn or at least some people did because it was a very good day like our numbers at the end of that day were a normal day in the good old days a very good day in the good old days Mm -hmm. and it's that simple math of if 50 people come in the door and they all buy a popcorn and a drink and then the matinees were like 30 people and 20 people and we sold a bunch of memberships and there you go so sunday was slow but it's really nice out right now, yeah, so that really doesn't help nice. any. It's yeah, it's April. Yeah, it's it's, it's like, April it's or May right like now. Plus nineteen November, basically. I don't want to. By the time this comes out, it's going to be garbage again. I feel probably. Like, still, right now, it's great. We live on a second floor, have a nice little balcony, and like 
we had the door open and the cat was out on the balcony and it's just no snow on the ground where I believe a year ago right now, it was terrible. Like, I think it was ice stormy and minus 30 outside. Uh, so thanks, global warming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't like that. Yeah, you must have had quite a few like walk-ins for popcorn as well, I would assume. like Yeah, because a lot of people ask about that. It's funny when people aren't in the know when it's something that is just your everyday. Mm-hmm. And a couple of people on social media were like, hey, how about you let people come in and get popcorn even if they're not going to a movie? And I was like, yeah, we've been doing that since 2009. <laughs> and I think it was a thing yeah. before that as well. I think back in the 2000s, in the 90s, I think people in this community did that yeah. then as well. well so why wouldn't you? It's the weird yeah. thing. It's like, I, I want popcorn and have money. It's like, oh, you really got to see a movie though. I'm sorry. Well, one person asked, do I have to buy a ticket to get into the candy bar? And I was like, well... <laughs> No. <laughs> why don't you, you buy a ticket and find out? It's like, no, you did not have to buy the ticket, but thank ah, you for that sucker. money. It was a very nice Saturday. It was a very nice few days because, you know, the it's still lockdown. It's still, it's out there. But any baby step back towards normalcy is nice. So just us being here, socially distant, safe in the Mayfair. Gwen and I came to see Untouchables on Saturday afternoon and then went to Targ afterwards where they're somewhat opened, just like everybody else right now. Our restaurants were closed, but mm-hmm. now they can have a handful of people in there. So on Saturday, we got to come to a movie and then go to Target and eat pierogies and play pinball games and stuff. And just, it's still people in masks and it's still hand sanitizer all over the place and all that kind of stuff. But any little step back is like, oh, we're doing it. Yeah, and even like a slow Sunday is better than a no money Sunday at all. (laughs) Yeah, and I've got a big stack of payments to organize and stick in our bank account because... We sold off a bunch more name tags and stuff like yeah. that. I thought you were to say because I've been stealing from the business for months now. Oh, so man. Like, oh, God, Lee's going to notice soon. I've got to start putting these payments back. Yeah, yeah. This is going straight to the Mayfair Bank <laughs> yeah. account. Yeah, I didn't think they were open, but I'll keep giving them checks. It's kind of <laughs> weird. This week I had intended to finish that up because I got all the seat tags in, but I am still guilty of not getting in just some of the stuff like the bathroom stall tags and stuff. And I was going to do that this week, but then just this week was... But someone was using the washroom. Yeah, excuse me. (laughs) Yeah. So that became kind of overwhelming to get, just to get ready to go. Like on Friday, Raina came in and did a bunch of cleaning and I came in and just, we just did everything where it's just like, had to find posters and fix the answering machine and fix the marquee and and make sure the bank runs all good. And I touched up the caution tape all around the cinema, just Mm. all this stuff, you know, and then plus the phone was ringing off the hook. But it was good, and it's just so nice. I said just the simple routine of on Saturday morning, I got to wake up, and I always put in the tweets of like 3 p.m. we're screening this, and 6 p.m. we're screening this. Just that simple routine was so nice Mm -hmm. just to have that. And today's my first day. I work like a day or two in the box office every week. Today's my first day back in the box office. And again, not super busy this afternoon, but the 15 people who are in there were so happy. It's so nice to be on the end of that goodwill yeah. people being excited to be back in the cinema Man, people occur- like hitchcock yeah well that too it occurs to me that there's going to be people who have gotten nameplates and are going to come and want to sit in their chairs but their chairs are going to have like tape across them <laughs> that, that totally happen? is happening really <laughs> well well someone emailed and said we bought a couple seats can we reserve them and i said well we don't usually reserve seats but if you ask really nicely it's not too hard for us to do so but we can't do it on a night where we got to do it for like 75 people yeah but i said your seat might not be in use because right now we have 325 seats of which 225 are caution taped off because even when we can let in 50 people, the nice thing is we still got a little bit of leg room in there. So yeah, so you've got like 
less than 50% odds that your seat is still available. It could be caution taped off at the moment. So Yeah, or someone's sitting in it. So it's like you got yeah. two things to battle there. Next on my to-do list is to get all that other stuff installed. And the other fun thing this week is one of our amazing patrons went all out. We sold off kind of naming rights on the marquee last little while. So she bought a message on the marquee. She paid to get her name on the secret bathroom stall in the projection booth, which is fun because it's like a secret thing. And she asked if she could do this art installation and I'll put pictures up soon. She put all kinds of cool like pop art, comic book art around this bathroom stall that's up in the projection booth. And it looks really cool. And she put it on with this stuff, wheat paste. So it's just kind of like collaged up on the wall. So she was in doing that. We had people from the Ottawa Adventure Film Fest in pre-recording some of their intros and music. Oh, nice. So we had them in, and we had to double-check and research all the rules. Gwen's good for that because she works in a live theater, so we knew the rules of... In this case, it was them performing for nobody. So they were able to be (laughs) on... you, I guess. Yeah, well, they were able to be (laughs) on our stage. They were a part. There was like three or four people here on that crew to record them and myself. That happened because if they had done it live, which was their intention, it is much more difficult. Mm -hmm. We would have had to put up a plastic barrier, essentially, between them and the audience. Wow. I've seen it a couple times at stand-up rooms where sometimes I think it's just like a shower curtain almost, like like a projector screen. They kind of pull it down. Or you have to, at Gwen's Theater, they put up, it's a former church. So along the church rows, they put up these long rectangular plastic barricades Hmm. kind of thing so to avoid that they did it in advance and we'll show it as people walk in the band and stuff like that on screen so it's kind of a cool they're gonna hologram they're gonna hologram in yeah like cnn (laughs) like tupac is up there for some reason you're like what this is weird (laughs) it cost them 75 million dollars keep doing this (laughs) but yeah so it was a busy week and then now we're just it's nice to be back in the routine and today lee finalized the Friday the 13th nice, week, so nice. we'll, be, we'll talk about that before we uh, leave you today. Yeah, it's just been busy and good, and hopefully the numbers will keep up and people yeah. will be comfortable to come out and see movies. And This is like pretty far ahead, but has there been any... I feel like I don't even need to bring this up, but for your benefit, I find it hilarious, but has there been Polar Express talk yet? Uh, <laughs> How, like, how's that going to work? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well... <laughs> Oh, it's so funny. Like if you don't, if you can't talk about it, I understand. But we sound like monsters. I'm pretty sure they've canceled. Ah, I'm pretty sure they've canceled because when they do their free screenings, right. it's good publicity. It's where mm-hmm. they open it up, they invite people who are homeowners or looking in the neighborhood or renters mm-hmm. or whatever, or people who they have sold to in the past. It's a big publicity thing, just a networking thing, a little bit. I guess. Yeah, for sure. And so it's very interesting because it's like basically instead of buying. A radio ad and a billboard and a TV ad on the six o'clock news. Mm-hmm. I don't think as many people read newspapers or watch the six o'clock news anymore. So businesses are getting creative and doing stuff like this. Radio stations have done it a couple of times where they rent the cinema, give away a bunch of free tickets, pay the licensing fee to show a movie, and it's publicity and mm-hmm. it goes on our social media, etc. So the Polar Express person is a local realtor, and every Christmas and Family day, they rent the place. So last I heard, they might have canceled, understandably, because right. waiting until maybe family day will be better, you know? But yeah, so maybe no Polar Man, Express this year. That's tough in a lot of ways. I mean, it, well, it's tough for us more so financially. And, and, and they're, but... you know, it's 
anybody listening to this can understand that we're making fun of Polar Express and yeah. not the clients. Never. <laughs> Never. Oh, man. She let me have a cookie last year. It was amazing. Oh, yeah. It was like shortbread or something. It was so... And I'm like, but those are for the kids. <laughs> like, I was like, I can have one. And like... It's a Christmas yeah. miracle. I think it was like a snowman or a Santa or something. And I was like, wow, this is actually really good cookie too. It's so crazy now because it's November 9th today. So is that right? 10, I, 11, I honestly 12. don't... I keep forgetting. The 13th is Friday... Yeah, I think yeah, that, that's ninth, how I was ninth. able to do it. I counted back from the 13th or forward <laughs> yeah. from Election Day. Those are the yeah. only two things I know. So we've got stuff booked. It's been a very busy week and will continue to be busy. But like, we have a Frank Zappa documentary the week of November mm-hmm. 27th. And that's cool because that's directed by Alex Winter, who was on oh, screen neat. recently in Bill and Ted 3 here at the Mayfair. And he's been great already. I posted on social media today and he already retweeted and commented and re-Facebooked. Oh, cool. So a small independent filmmaker like that is so much better at publicity than, like, if we show Tenet, Chris Nolan's not going to be giving <laughs> us a shout-out. Warner Brothers won't be giving us a shout-out. So that's fun. So we're almost in December bookings. I think maybe even one of our movies is into December booking, December 4th or 3rd or something. Wow. Which means we're going to be talking about holiday season movies soon. So we might have stuff like Die Hard and Gremlins and It's a Wonderful Life and whatever. Oh, man. We'll show something. We'll show some fun holiday stuff for sure. But that's right around well, the corner. It's, Die Hard, you might actually have to do like a lottery system or something. What we were thinking is basically like normally we would do one screening of Friday the 13th mm-hmm. on a Friday night and 100 people would show up or a little bit more than that. So this year we're doing it on currently upcoming. We're doing Friday the 13th part two on Friday with an encore screening on Monday. Hmm. So hopefully we can split the 100 people over two days. We would have done it a third day, actually, initially planned. But next week on the 20th, we're screening the premiere of a new Jackie Chan film called Vanguard. And it's fun because it's my favorite kind of premiere where it's the actual literal premiere, like the posters say November 20th. So that's super fun. And it was going to be a multiplex type movie, but they're all closed in Ottawa. So... We get it. So that's cool. Damn. So on Thursday night, there's what is called, it's a fan event screening. And all that means is a Thursday night screening. Because I was confused because I thought it might be one of those win free passes kind of thing. Yeah. But it's not. And you could see they've done that over and over again with Star Wars or Avengers. They'll just put it on Thursday to get one extra night of box office, Mm -hmm. essentially. So Thursday night of the 19th, we'll have this world premiere, Canada premiere (laughs) of... The new Jackie Chan movie. Red carpet gala event. Red carpet, yeah. (laughs) There's a rumor that we might have a message from Jackie Chan. Whoa. Yeah. And I picture Jackie just like sitting in a chair doing like 300 of these. I really hope it's like, hello, Mayfair Theater. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like Mr. Black. (laughs) That would be so good. It probably will be. It'll be him looking at the camera going, thanks for coming, Mayfair Theater. Enjoy the movie. Cut. Or Mayflower Theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be what we'll get. We're like, like, close enough. That's actually better, I feel like. That's cool enough. Man, the 20th, that's a big day too because that's also the day the new Nicolas Cage movie comes out. So, you know, I don't want to like... I'm sure we're trying to get that too, obviously. obviously. Oh, we might have news about that. Oh, man. Is that the one Nick Cage Yeah, and... yeah, the jiu-jitsu one with... Yeah. Lee knows a guy who's in it. Yeah. Well, Lee knows a guy everywhere, it feels like, but... So, off the record, we might be getting a one-night-only preview screening of that. Oh, a fan event. A What's fan it event. <laughs> jiu-jitsu. It's just called jujitsu. It's just straight up called jujitsu. It could, might as well be called karate. Like, is Nick Cage like the like, Mr. Miyagi in it or what? I think he might because that's the thing. Like, it's I wasn't gonna watch the trailer, but then 
I had to, but it's basically like, it's basically Predator, but with Nick Cage playing an eccentric hunter, I think. And so, oh, so it's primal. Uh, kind of, yeah, basically, but mixed with like also mixed with Mortal Kombat a little bit because it's basically like they get the best jujitsu fighters, and every whatever years, I don't know, hundred years, whatever something, this alien comes to fight the best jujitsu fighters on Earth, <laughs> and, and so Dick Cage is the one who tells them about it and is like, yeah, you got you got to fight, you know, it's gonna be great. And so then they just jujitsu fight an alien, a predator, basically, and that's kind of the movie I oh think. so instead of like people not knowing who the predator is yeah they know that there's a predator and you can sign up to I, to do I, think, I don't even know if you get to sign up i think it's just like you have to or something or like it's like you maybe i, I don't know that part but i think you got to fight your way to be the best then your reward is to fight a predator that nick cage tells you about it's so, a documentary yeah <laughs> it, it looks so good like obviously i was sold with the nick cage but then you told me it's called jujitsu and then it has like all these other great guys in it you know guys and gals and there's an alien in it i didn't even know that there was an alien at that time and so like it's just it's gonna be and the poster is not you know <laughs> i don't want to rip on it because like we were involved a little bit but i was like is literally just cage and another guy holding like a sword and that's the thing and i was like you already had me you, had right? me. you already had what me. does swords have to do with the, that's not jujitsu i don't maybe that's unrelated maybe do they know what jujitsu <laughs> did they make this movie knowing not knowing what jujitsu well, is someone pointed out that there's no jujitsu in the trailer which is kind of <laughs> great but like i'm not sure see cage i don't think he fights jujitsu i think he has a sword that maybe he doesn't use there is a samurai element apparently or just on the poster at least so they probably I mean, had a, a blackboard and we're like we can call it samurai yeah or ninja or jujitsu well they can't call it ninja there's already <laughs> yeah. yeah that's a movie that's called confusing. ninja judo that, you could call it i guess but that's sword? Not, got judo tonight <laughs> i mean judo and jujitsu is basically the same sounding title so i guess that's not that different but so yeah we might have a fancy neat one night only screening of that That'd but nowadays crazy. people doing one night only screenings is it's like We've only got 50 seats, so yeah. it means a sellout, essentially. But Which is huge, especially in the House of Cage, the Mayfair Theater. So. Yeah, so... The House of Cage. The House of Cage. <laughs> it's been a That's while. what they should have called it. Yeah. I know. So, uh, there's still time for that movie, whatever, whatever that one ends up being. But I feel like... I'm pretty sure, because Color Out of Space was this year, but I think it had screenings in December of last year, for, like festival screenings. So in a way, this is the first new Cage movie of the year. In a way, technically, it's color to space. While but. we're on the the subject of Nicolas Cage, isn't he doing like a being John Malkovich kind of thing? Yeah, like basically, a, that one's next year. Already something to look forward to next year. Well, he's got several that look great, but yeah, that one it's basically he's playing himself. It's like it's like the unbearable weight of massive talent. I think it's called. And so it's basically like he plays an exaggerated version of himself. So it's got a really pretentious does. title. Yeah, <laughs> but I think it's supposed to be tongue in cheek. Like I hope. Like it's it's one of these things where like you hear about it, and you're like, oh my god, please be amazing. Which oh, I say that about every Cage movie, but this one, like it seems like they're actually trying to make it good, like more of an adaptation or of a John Malkovich something yeah. like that. You know. So I heard some other cool people are in that too. Yeah, I can't remember now because I jammed them all together in my head, and and I'm, and there's he honestly like i mean I, i'm me so I, i'm gonna hype any of his things but like he has some really stellar looking stuff coming out next year like like the willie's wonderland one where he plays a janitor fighting animatronic dinosaurs oh my god that's How gonna be that not gonna be amazing that's gonna be an oscar sweep yeah and, and, <laughs> and there's still uh, like prisoners in the ghost land is another one where it's like it's a japanese director doing his first english language movie and so obviously got cage yeah and i guess that that one he's like he has a skin tight leather suit covered in grenades at some point apparently 
So come on. And inexplicably, The Croods Part 2, 10 years after The Croods came out, which yeah. I didn't even think was a successful movie, but I guess was. Should I see The Croods? Was that was it good? Like I saw The Croods here, and it, I can't remember anything about it. It was a caveman movie with Cage, Nick Cage and Emma Stone in it. Okay. I mean, I'm intrigued. DreamWorks, I think. Probably, yeah. Because I know it wasn't Disney, but yeah, that's weird. I, don't, I think I it was kinda... good, but it was just like, I didn't think... It must have made money. They wouldn't make a sequel just for fun. So yeah, but it just took a long time to get that sequel. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's 10 years Man, in between movies. hand-drawn, maybe. Well, and they're doing <laughs> Spider-Verse 2, so hopefully he'll show up in that. Oh yeah, you gotta have him in that. Any Nick Cage movie, we will do our best to get on our screen, we promise. It's too bad, yeah, because it's entirely due to COVID. Otherwise, I'm sure we would have most definitely had a jujitsu thing going on there because i know lee was excited about it too you know yeah so we'll see lee said something about that that he was talking with somebody about that nick cage movie and i was excited because it was nick cage yeah and i don't want to i didn't want to bring it up just in case. plus like <laughs> yeah. you guys have enough going on in the last you know week and oh, next God, i was two so weeks, tired so. last week it was so much work to get ready to yeah. reopen i was excited to not have to do what you had to do basically yeah. it seemed like it was a lot of work so yeah the upcoming week we can actually chat about movies we have Two brand new films. It's crazy there's still 2020 films, but you think because a whole bunch of stuff was in production in late 2019 mm. or for the first three months of the year and then went into editing or went into post-production or whatever. So we're screening The Nest right now, which is a 2020 stamped film. And then we have one called Crescendo coming up, which is a like a music class or a music yeah, university. I was hoping so. It's yeah. like music that <laughs> that's the title of the music yeah. university. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. It's like fame, right? It'll be like fame. They're all like fame. Uh, and then one called The Climb, which I just saw a trailer for when we came to see Untouchables. And it looks really good. Kind of like a dark comedy about a friend with a really insane best friend. Like a really mm. loser best friend. Who, is it Drop Dead Fred, basically, is what I you're think, saying, maybe or? without the supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks really good. So The Climb is coming starting the week of the 13th. That's our two new films. Then we have The Holy Mountain, continuing our kind of unofficial extended mini Jodorowsky fest. Dreamlike festival. <laughs> and then we'll have his new documentary later in the month as well. Holy Mountain. I'm not a big Jodorowsky guy. I've seen a lot of the documentaries about him, so I find him really interesting, but mm. I haven't really seen a lot of these. Holy Mountain's pretty great. Is it like, <laughs> like on a sliding scale of weird, is it a narrative story? Like, or is it, it more yeah, abstract? It's, uh, it, I guess, yeah, it's a narrative. It's a narrative, but yeah, like abstract. It's weirdo. A lot, lot of blasphemous religious. He's into like religious iconography and... Yeah. Kind of twisting that around. It looks great, though. Like, just visually, like, you know, with the color, his use of colors and yeah, this composition. All, a lot of the reviews, especially music. of this restoration, are like, holy cow, it looks really great restored mm. on the big screen. Because I think a lot of fans probably grew up watching it on tattered VHS tapes <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, so. his movies were really hard to find for because of, you know, he had like a rights problem. So El Topo and Holy Mountain, you had to find these bootlegs to watch them, but now they've been restored in 4K and yeah, they, they be look better than see. ever. Yeah, like, cause I mean, it probably adds to the effect to watch them in the bootleg way, like back in the day, like, cause they're already like these weirdo oddball movies. Mm. So my, like, not that it's better than watching a, like a 4K restoration, but I always think that was stuff like, like Texas Chainsaw or something where you're just like, it kind of lends itself to this dirty, gross, you know, VHS bootleg quality. So like, it, it must be, but it must be mind blowing to go from having seen that your whole life and then seeing this epic version of it. Well, it's later. like night and day. Like. Yeah. Well, even like, 
not something that's top of my list as a favorite movie of all time or anything, but the last time I saw Untouchables, I'm fairly certain, was with my dad, visiting my dad on weekends, on VHS, rented from a video store in 1989 or 1990 or something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've seen it since then, so seeing that on the big screen, widescreen, not pan and scan, with great sound, I always think back of it's so interesting that for a long time filmmakers the most big shot of filmmakers were just like yep et's going on vhs we got to pan and scan it and now they don't have to do that anymore now at least when it goes to home even your tvs are better shaped to make use of that but i just found it so interesting that so many big big filmmakers were just had to be like yep we got to make that part of the revenue so yeah we got to chop it up well i remember when they first put out those widescreen versions of vhs's back like back in the day everything's back in the day but i remember going to hmv and they had their own side section and and one that i remember in particular which is hilarious because why on earth would anyone think of this because you'd be like oh you know deer hunter right or godfather the one i remember is halloween 4 i remember seeing like it was like special widescreen edition or something like and it was like 35 40 bucks or whatever and then people would return them this movie's broken yeah yeah it was the worst kind of they cut out parts of it we literally had like a sheet that we had to show them and it was the example sheet was attack of the clones which makes it even funnier (laughs) but they were just like as you can see here obi-wan and you see here in this scene you don't see obi-wan so it's like but it was a daily. It was a daily complaint we would have. People would be, oh, I'm returning this because it's broken. You know, yeah, I, had, yeah. I had an older broke. guy come in adamant that it was broken, that it was cutting off the legs and the head of the person. And I was like drawing and I had to be like, okay, well, you know, your TV is kind of a square, not quite, but kind of a square. And a movie screen is a long rectangle. So imagine these three stick figures on a thing. And if you're watching on TV, you cut it down to two stick figures. And he didn't believe me. He thought I was like messing with him. But same thing. Yeah, we ended up at Roger's video getting some examples. And there's some really great ones out there. And especially you can like Google it back when it was more of a thing. Yeah. And there were some really great ones like Planet of the Apes where it was hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil, where it was the three judges in Planet of the Apes judging Charlton Heston. And they did the whole, like, see no evil, speak no evil. And on Pan and Scan, it cuts off one of the judges. So you miss the whole gag. It's just like, hear no evil, speak no evil. When I was a kid and they brought out the Star Wars trilogy on widescreen VHS and I got it for my birthday or something, I remember putting the tape in and I hadn't seen it since I was like a little, little kid on the big screen, like Return of the Jedi in 83, and say this was like, when was this? It might have been 96. It might have been for the 20th anniversary. Oh, yeah. it's 97. 97. Yeah. yeah, 97. Sorry, yeah. So I remember getting that and watching it widescreen for the first time in ages. And the simple little thing of Boba Fett standing beside Jabba the Hutt, which was cut off in the pan and scan. And I remember gasping and being like, (laughs) Boba Fett is there? Like all these little things. And then there was stuff like, I remember from watching it at the video store, Rush Hour, they didn't even try. So instead of panning and scanning or just cutting back and forth, there were scenes with Jackie Chan facing left and Chris Tucker facing right. And it would just be kind of like half their face and noses with nothing in between. And they didn't bother panning or scanning. So it was just this awful shot. And you'd watch it and you're like, why is this? Why didn't they just move a little bit? But that's why. Because they just were like, ah, put it on VHS. We don't care. I can't tell if he understands the words that are coming out of his mouth or not. This is (laughs) so confusing. But yeah, it's so funny to think that now there's no such thing. Now, if you buy a Blu-ray, it's just very early DVDs. I remember them being like 
full screen Harry oh, that, Potter. That was like the worst feeling when you. I remember that happened to my friend. He got again. Why do I have these weird? So the, <laughs> it, it was Saw Four. Saw I don't know. Four. It's all these, these fourth movies the that I have these memories of. But yeah, I remember he got it. and He was like, "Oh, I got a sweet deal on Saw Four. And then he got home and saw full screen. Like he just hadn't noticed. Right. It was like, just a boo. little thing on the top, and and it's just it basically. I mean, not to be a jerk, but like it basically is garbage. Like it's like no, I mean, for I, those of us who actually care, I always put it akin to get your favorite book and then like just randomly rip out a few pages yeah. you know or your favorite painting on the wall cut it so you don't quite get the whole image Man. it's like that it's taking away from what it should be and people would always argue like oh it's just like a comedy it's not like some big visual feast but it would still be you might miss some pacing or you might miss the way characters are standing far apart from each other for a certain reason. So like Boba Fett, I mean, come Boba on. Fett. That's, yeah. That's a pretty big loss. <laughs> yeah. What else? Do we, we, okay. We mentioned Vanguard. Yeah, we got Holy Mountain and then we stopped. Holy Mountain. <laughs> Action USA. Oh man. Jeez. We have that for a couple nights. So it's good. The Ottawa premiere of a movie from 1989, which was long lost movie, right? Like basically. Yeah. Like no one really, I only heard of it a couple months ago, like two, three months ago. And then I saw, this is sort of funny that we were just kind of talking about this. Like I, I watched a VHS copy of it because I've heard it was like silly fun and it is silly fun. That's my review, <laughs> silly fun. <laughs> but I can't even imagine what a 4K transfer this is going to look. It's, it's just, it's, it's an insane, like it lives up to the title. It's called Action USA. I mean, it's just non, well, there's some stops, but mainly nonstop action. I was here while Marcus was getting stuff ready and testing the sound and mm. making sure the trailers are at their good levels. And he was like, do you want to watch the Action USA trailer? And it's bonkers. Like, <laughs> I don't know if there's a plot, but it's a bunch there, of... There is. I've, I've seen it. Oh, you've seen yeah. it? Yeah. It's, it's not... The plot's not It's basically important. like... Good guys, bad guys? Good guys, bad guys. Missing diamonds. Just trying to save this, this woman. woman like... This woman who was going out with this guy who hid the diamonds. He's killed. She's the only one who knows where the diamonds are. These two FBI guys are low-budget Danny Glover, low yeah, budget Mel Gibson are, are protecting this woman. They like go across Texas. They're being they're being chased by these bad cowboys. <laughs> uh, so good. That's good. That's all you need to know. That's all. That's, yeah. that's all you need to know. It's like that's almost more than you need to know. Is it's not there's you can't overthink a movie like this. Yeah. Like, like let's just think the best that we get fifty people in for it. Yeah. But like seeing that movie, even with fifty people, there is like an electricity to it. I do often feel a little bad because, you know, we're laughing at you, not with you sometimes. Mm -hmm. But you just kind of, it's that mystery science theater, silver lining. There's not like an animosity to it. It's not like kind of punching down kind of. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, you're a bad movie, but we still love you and appreciate you. And look at the joy you're bringing to these yeah. people. It's entertainment. That's all. Like, it's yeah. not. And, and frankly, like, I mean, this could have just been in a box somewhere forever. So I, th I think that's a lot worse, even if you, even if we are laughing at it, you know. Like, that's why I like it when the bad movie guys know it's a bad movie, like the Troll Two, when we mm -hmm. years ago had the actor from that visit, and he was the best and really cool. And no, they're like, yeah, we didn't make a bad movie, but hey, this is pretty cool that all these people are enjoying it, and I get to travel around yeah. and do introductions and stuff like that. So. For sure, oh, I thought that with the, like the actress from Manos, Hands of Fate, did the sequel like. God, how many years? 50 girl? years later. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she like directed the sequel and brought back a lot of the people and stuff like that. And so like 
obviously you're not doing that because everyone loved this awesome, great movie that was made, you know, but you know what it is and people know of you from enjoying that, even if it is laughing at it, you know, even if it is considered one of the worst movies ever made, you know, like it's cool that they even did that. And obviously there's enough of a, an audience small as it may be to justify doing something like that. That's why I always thought Kim Cattrall was pretty awesome because she actually has attended a couple of panels at San Diego Comic-Con for Mystery Science Theater yeah. because they've done a couple of her films and that she has the sense of humor. Even just recently, she went to one for The Mads. Trace and Frank do uh, their own riffing and she dropped by one of their things earlier this year. But that's really cool that someone like her, who's had a fine career, is good enough sense of humor to, to be, not be mad at Mystery Science Theater because some actors were not the same. No, <laughs> like no. Peter did, Graves, I don't think, was very fond of them. No. <laughs> Man, she did one called Deadly Harvest I really liked that's not... I think it might even have been... I think it was shot in Canada. but Like, it's not good, but it's just, it's one of those ones where it's like, oh, we're running out of food, like, in the country and now everybody's living in the, in the farms and there's looting and stuff and it's, like, super low budget. But there's just, like, kind of a fun... I have a real thing for those like 60s, 70s, low budget, these sparse kind of end of world type things, you know, because it's just like, there's just a power to them, even when they're not great. Anything you might have seen at a drive-in, I think is cool. pretty much, yeah. So, and last we shall mention, we're so excited to come back from COVID, mainly because we get to keep on track with our Friday the 13th, six year long epic film festival. It was our main concern. That was our main concern. (laughs) So yeah, on Friday the 13th, and then again with an encore on Monday, We will be screening Friday the 13th Part 2. We will continue to screen Friday the 13th until 2026. And (laughs) the next one will have a mask. You get sack face this time, and then you get mask face. Sack face. And we're going (laughs) to test it out. We don't know if they'll have a DCP of Friday the 13th 3D. We screened it previously, but it was like a 16 millimeter print, I believe. Uh, It was a 35. Was it 35? Five, but we had to... It was Trump. Marcus... No, Marcus had to make us. Somebody had to. He had to like retrofit fit a lens. Yeah, yeah. Because we don't weird. have a silver screen. I forget how you need a silver screen to show. I think digital 3D, but this was 35 millimeter 3D, and right. Marcus had to retrofit a special lens for us to show it. But it only um, when we projected it, it only filled half the screen. So half yeah. the screen was the top half of the screen was the movie, and the bottom half was just blank. Right. Yeah, it was like pinched a little bit. Almost. It was yeah, it was sort of it was sort of pinched and yeah, like it was fine. It was Most, it was a fun screening. One, angry oh, on, yeah. one guy got all angry on social media. That one guy lost his I mind. <laughs> it was like we had thrown rocks at him as yeah, he watched he was the movie. Livid. You're like, you know, it's Friday the Thirteenth three, right? And that you can just not come. We're sorry. Yeah, or, and then everybody else was fine, laughing, having a good time. Yeah. That was the same little mini fest where we screened that animated movie that was kind of like a Star Wars knockoff. Yeah, Star Chaser. Star Chaser. I loved it. It was so much fun. Yeah, and also when they t- they tried to screen that last one and then the print like just the, fell apart. Oh my print, god! Uh, it was that kung fu three D kung fu movie. Uh, it. Yeah, it I was not happy. The poster, but yeah, that was tough. But Frankenstein's bloody horror worked. I think pretty sure they all the rest of them all worked. Yeah. So we're yeah. gonna test out even the simplicity. Dynasty of seeing... was it called Dynasty? Kind of, yeah, Dynasty. Dynasty. Yeah. Oh man, I'm killing it. We're going to see what the new Fancy Smancy Blu-ray looks like on the big screen just to see because it will be fun. Having seen that 35 millimeter print, it's the funnest of 3D where it's just usually 3D is not pushing the plot along. So in Friday the 13th 3D, you can tell that some producer smoking a cigar was like, we need 15 3D moments. And there's one where it's, it's somebody fixing bunny ears on a TV and like basically, oh, oh, oh. and then there's one with somebody... There's a, a girl laying on the ground, 
and a jerk, a horror movie jerk up on a veranda almost hitting her with a yo-yo. Yeah, in Friday the 13th. And the juggling. And it's a really good 3D effect, but it's so funny because it's not like... It's all gimmick. Yeah. It's all gimmick. And you might as well have that sound effect of someone going, whoa. Much. The eyeball is a good one. Yeah. Like, this is like, I, he's like, I found this eyeball oh, right in the middle of the screen. <laughs> well, it's like when they forced 3D on all like the Hollywood films. And I remember going to see Thor, the original Thor. And there was nothing in it that made me go, wow, I'm so glad this is 3D. The credits. And that's The it. credits. <laughs> yeah. It went Thor. And the credits stood out really well. And there was one part where he threw Mjolnir right at you. And it felt like... And you screamed. Yeah. So there was like <laughs> like a five-second scene and the credits look good. And I'm like, well, that's dumb. That's no. not worth the extra money. There hasn't been many I've seen. The, the only two I, I saw where I was like, okay, that was okay, was Prometheus and Pacific Rim. Oh, yeah. And those were the only two. But Pacific Rim, it was it was like the only time my friend took us because she had points. And it was like ah, yeah. 4D almost. Or so. It was like the moving seats and the 3D and all this crap. It was the only one I've seen where it actually did add depth to it. And because of the kind of movie it was, it was sort of cool. That's the yeah. best I can say. Yeah, I'm fine with 2D. Yeah, it's okay. We don't need it's too many. 4Ds next, like five. Come on, we yeah. can't do this. But yeah, so I'm very excited to get our dumb six-year-long Friday the 13th Fest. will continue because... It's just a neat little fun gimmick. We kind of lost track of what we had screened and what we haven't screened. Yeah. So we just started fresh and said, in 2020, we're going to show part one and two. 2021, we'll show part three and continue. And it ends in 2026 with actually three Friday the 13th that year. The three best ones. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And that's fun too. It's always fun to show stuff that just hasn't been screened. Yeah. Like by the time we roll around to 2026... There's going to be a ton of horror movie fans who have never seen the remake or who have never seen Jason X on the big screen. For sure. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. I I don't think I've seen Jason X on the big screen, actually, now that we talk about it. Because when it came out, yeah, I remember, like, I just didn't. That was actually the year that I moved here. It it wasn't a box office boffo. No, it was hard to track down, as I recall. I remember in Ottawa, like, it wasn't, like, a big, they were playing it everywhere. It was Jason X. No one cared. Yeah, you're right. It was, like, yeah, one screen. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, we need to do this in seven years or whatever <laughs> seven you years. So, yeah, so that's it for this week. Thanks to everybody who joined us, and thanks to everybody who's going to join us in these upcoming weeks as we continue to roll out awesome movies for you to see. We're going to wrap up now because Marnie ends in about five minutes, and we got to mm. go switch over things and get ready for the next screening. So thanks for listening. Go visit our friends at House of Target across the street on weekends as we speak. They're open Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and they do takeouts. We're still selling off some stuff as well, like poster box names. And we have a plaque that we still have a bunch of room on. So if you're interested in immortalizing yourself at the Mayfair, you can do that too. And we'll be back next week with more news of upcoming movies. Thanks, everybody. Bye. 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 I'm glad you were able to confirm that we are going to be getting Nick Cage introducing his new film here. (laughs) Only at the Mayfair. Live and in person. Man, what a week. On a June night in 1980, Friday the 13th, 12 of her friends were murdered. Why should Friday the 13th, 1981, be any different? Friday the 13th, Part 2, Rated R.